Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of the Tomahawk Take podcast. A uh, little bit of an emergency episode with uh, Josh Donaldson news, but we want to make sure that we brought this news to you as soon as it came out or as quickly as, as we could. Uh, and I am Jake Mastriani. I will be uh, the host for this episode uh, once again, and I'm one of the co-editors of Tomahawk Take. And along with me, as always, we have uh, Alan Carpenter. Uh, Hello. And Fred Owens. Howdy. And so, guys, I I'm not gonna lie. This uh, couldn't have hit hit me at a at a worse time here. Uh, the wife and kid have left town for for the week. I had sat down and was watching some Dominican League baseball, looking to have a a nice, peaceful, and relaxing evening at home by myself. And then, as soon as I, I get the the baseball game on and get going, I, I see the the notification on my my phone about Donaldson signing, and it just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. Was not ready for that. It seems like we were expecting this signing to come for so long that when it actually did come, I, I wasn't ready for it, and certainly wasn't ready for it to be Donaldson going somewhere else. So. I uh, just want to get each of your reactions on the signing, whether or not you think it was a, a good decision to pass. And if you say yes, we won't criticize anyone here. But just your, your overall thoughts on when you heard the news about the, the deal in general that the Twins got. And uh, Alan, I'll start with you. I'll go back to last year when there was trade talk about JT Rio Muto, and I was fairly vocal in wanting the Braves to land him. And part of that reason was for the big back kind of thing to extend the lineup, to deepen the lineup and to give a, the Braves an, a really good option on offense for catcher, because that was about the only other position they had available at the time. Obviously that didn't happen. The Phillies got him. And now we're in a similar situation with Donaldson now going to the twins and, and becoming part of a actually fairly awesome lineup for those guys. The Braves still need to fill that position. They need to fill the offensive void that Donaldson has left us with. And I don't know right now what they're intending to do, but I'm going to say what I, I, I think I've believed all the time here is that if Donaldson didn't take the Braves' money, that there is a viable plan B, and we'll have to explore what that might be. But my suspicion is that the Braves are going to pivot fairly quickly and decisively to try and do something to fill this void because there's still one other team out there, the Washington Nationals, that still have the same kind of void in their lineup. They didn't get Donaldson either. That's probably a good thing at least. But I don't think that they're done yet necessarily, and they may be after the same kind of guys that the Braves are now going to be after. So yeah, Fred, same same question to you. I mean, well, how do you feel about the the signing of Donaldson and the Braves missing out on him? Well, I, it took so long. I began to wonder if he really wanted to come back. See, if he really wanted to come back and the Braves were close, he'd have signed. And I, I, the longer this went on, the more I thought it probably wasn't going to happen. I didn't want to jinx anything by saying it out loud. But you know, we're here. We're a month away, and he hadn't signed and. 
it didn't really shock me. I was reading something else and it popped up and I saw our group going crazy over the over the news and I flipped over to my you know, trade rumors feed and there it was. So it's not really a surprise. Like Alan, we've got to, um, we've got to reinforce the lineup. I believe personally that that's going to take two players. Now uh, I was going to take two players before, but it's going to take two better player, two players that make up for him and spread out the worth before. And with Donaldson, you could have had a lesser uh, second player involved, but I think pivot to plan B on the board and see if that's still out there. I do think they've done that. They've got a plan out there, and they've done some pre-negotiation. What that turns out to be, I don't know. And like I said earlier, I, I was a bit shocked by this news. I just kind of felt all along it was it was inevitable that he was coming back to the Braves. So I, I was a little shocked in that regard. And even after seeing the numbers that came out, I was uh, even more shocked because I think like a lot of us, I figured the Braves were around that number, you know, maybe four and 90. So to see him go for, you know, just a little bit more than that, you know, I think it could tell us a couple of things that tell us that maybe the Braves don't have as much money to spend as, as maybe we thought as one possibility. You know, going into the offseason, though, I, I said I wouldn't have given Donaldson a third year because of his age and then quickly changed on that later in the offseason, seeing the lack of other options available and, and, you know, was more willing to give him that fourth year. So I, I was a bit surprised that the Braves didn't push on that a little bit more. Uh, considering the the alternatives out there. I know people are going to talk about Arenado, and I, I just still don't see that as a real possibility. If you aren't going to put up the money for, for Donaldson for four years, I don't see them putting up the money for Arenado, even if the Rockies throw in a good ch- chunk of money. Bryant, nothing's going to happen with that until his grievance is, is heard. Who knows how long that's going to take. So there really aren't a ton of options out there as far as third base goes, and I know we're going to get more into you know, where the Braves go next. But yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit su- surprised by this and a little surprised that Antopolis didn't get it done. So uh, anything else you two wanted to mention as far as the signing goes? I, I think it's the fifth year. I mean, uh, as Alan said, it's effectively a, a deferred money to a fifth year option, but I think the fifth year made a difference for him. And if he's playing well at the end of the fourth, they'll exercise that option. I just think that was the big difference. I don't think it was the money. I think 23 million is probably, well, I said four at 23 was what it price was. And that was right. I just did, wasn't willing to give him a fifth year on that. And I think that's probably the difference maker here. Yeah. And, and like you said, Fred, too, uh, you know, and I know we've all kind of been saying this, you know, I already thought it was going to take Donaldson and something else for the Braves this offseason. And, I mean, you know, now it's definitely going to take two pieces, I believe, to, to make up for the loss of Donaldson in the lineup. So. Um, that's what we'll kind of pivot to next. We'll kind of talk about uh, options for the Braves uh, going forward and where they go from here. Now that Donaldson is officially gone, Fred, I'll throw it back to you. What are your best options for the Braves? Where do you think they go now with Donaldson off the board? Well, Arenado's my choice, and if, if the Cardinals get him, I'm going to be really upset. However, like you, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think Arenado actually gets moved right now. I don't think the Cardinals go in there either. But if, but the best option appears to be some combination of of a third baseman and an, and another power bat, perhaps Kyle Steger and Starling Marte in a pair. If you brought in those two together, they were worth three war each last year, three win players each. They're both 25 homer homer bats. 
they fill positions that we have a need for. And, uh, you know, they come in at about the same price as Donaldson. If you, if you move Duval or Enciarte out in the process of doing that, then you have enough payroll to cover the two. Seager's a good defender. Marte is not a center fielder anymore, but his bat is still good. So Seager and Marte together uh, add six wins to the lineup and make it longer and deeper, push everybody down, down a slot, and you end up with more power at the top and still good production at the back. So I don't know what it would take to get the, the I suspect Contreras and, uh, and a pitcher gets Marte because they really want Contreras. Seager's going to probably take Riley, and, and depending on whether they want to swallow some money or not, Riley and another player to make him swallow some money, maybe another pitcher, somebody like uh, Wilson to go up there and, and pull that out, uh, clear $18 million off their payroll. Maybe they, we send them Duval to take $3 million off of that as well. I don't know. But those two seem to, be the, um, seem to be the kind of fit that I would look for. I suppose you could say Mancini instead of Marte. I think Mancini's going to be more prospect-intensive than Marte, but either one of those would work. I just think it's two players, and the obvious place is is an outfield bat and third base. Obviously, we talked a lot about those on here as well, and you know, I think those are some of the options that uh, make a lot of sense. Alan, do you uh, kind of agree, or what are your best options for the, the Braves at this point? I, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. <laughs> First off, this whole Donaldson drama has held up the entire rest of the free agent market. You've got Marcelo Zun out there. You've got Nick Castellanos out there. Trade possibilities that uh, Fred has mentioned have been sort of sitting out there waiting on something to happen. I do think that Anthopolis is going to get, uh, probably right now, getting loaded with phone calls from all kinds of places saying, here's the deal I've, I want to make with you. So he's going to have his choice of things. But there's one that stands out to me that I, I think might solve things the most simply. That is, number one, going ahead and using Johan Camargo at third base. Fred, you've pointed out a couple of times that he's gotten extra in arbitration, uh, certainly above what he was projected get, and perhaps as a motivation, perhaps as a uh, thank you for going to the miners. He's certainly capable as a third baseman and has the potential as an everyday player to to bust out with his hitting stick. The second option would be Nick Castellanos for left field. The downside, obviously, is his defense. He's pretty much terrible out there. But if Enciarte and Acuna or whoever else we put out there can cover a little bit more ground, then perhaps the Braves can get away with that. In, in 2019, he did an 863 OPS, which is right around where Donaldson was himself. He's still in his prime. He's age 27, will turn 28 in March. The Braves could have him probably tomorrow in a, what I'd suggest a four-year deal at $17 million or so. Projections actually are under that, but even so, $17 million would be well under what they paid for Donaldson or would have paid for Donaldson. And they solve the problem almost internally. The other factor is that Castellanos does not come with a qualifying offer compensation penalty. So that's sort of a win-win all the way around. The Braves had been tied to Marcelo Zuna for a while. I don't really see that. I don't think his bat is good enough. And his defense is really only marginally better than what Castellanos was doing. Bryant would have to be a left fielder in Braves' scheme, which means you still got to put Camargo at third base. Arenado, I just don't think he's going to be good enough at a thousand foot elevation instead of five thousand feet. Right now, my my number one thought is Castellanos and Camargo. 
As far as my options going here, I think the easiest thing to do is to just go get Marte and stick him in left field. I feel much better about the combination of Camargo and Riley at third base than I do about the combination of Marquegas and Duvall in left field. And, you know, I've kind of been saying that all offseason, but Camargo's proven he could be a, a three-war player uh, every day at third base. I'm not quite ready to give up on Riley yet. Uh, and I talked with uh, Dan Zimborski the other day and talking about Zips projections uh, that he puts together for fan graphs. And, Riley's projections, and obviously, again, these are just projections, are are basically the exact same as what they had projected for Donaldson, other than Donaldson gets about 100 more walks than Riley. So I still think there's an opportunity there for Riley. And so if I'm in Topolis, I go get Marte, stick him in left field. Like Fred said, I think you can get him for Contreras and a pitcher, which is not a, not a huge price to pay. And, and then I think you let Camargo and Riley figure out third base and if it gets a couple months to the season neither one of them's really taking hold of the job then you go and try to fill the holes in but that's where I would go with it the other thing I would do is I think you can go to the Mariners and take care of both holes by getting Haniger and, and Seager those two combined would cost about the same as what you would have signed Donaldson for and, and that lengthens the lineup and fills third base and left field so that would be my top two options for the Braves. I don't think they're going to go with Ozuna and Castellanos, but that may just be my personal preference because I'm not really high on either one of them. And why spend the money on them when you could have spent a little bit more and got Donaldson, who I feel is a, a much better option than either one of them. So I don't see them going that route. So my top options would be Marte and let Camargo and Riley battle it out for third or go to Seattle and see if you can pull off Haniger and Seeger. And mind you, I don't mind any of those options, really. I, it's down to almost nuances between the, the options that are available. reason I went the way I went is because it costs the Braves nothing in terms of prospects. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I thought getting Donaldson was so big, because it, yes. it's, it seems like they have been reluctant to move prospects. And with Donaldson, you didn't have to do that. And it still gave you the prospect capital to go out and fill that other void if you wanted to. They could have signed Donaldson and then still had the prospects to go get Marte and not worry about taking too much away from the system. So that's why a big reason why I was shocked they didn't just spend the money on Donaldson is because of Antopolis' reluctance to to trade away prospects, which now he's going to have to do um, in order to upgrade the lineup because there just aren't those options out there on the free agent market unless they are interested in Azuna or Castellanos. All right, let me let me go with this then. Cassianos and Camargo at third base, and given the price that Cassianos is probably going to command, I think you still have enough money to use those prospects to go try and pry Clevenger from Cleveland if you could possibly do that. Now you've got a team. Yeah, Clevenger's going to cost you Anderson. I don't see throwing Anderson toward Cleveland for, for Clevenger. Clevenger's good. He's great right now. I, I think Cleveland's going to hold on to him with double hands. They asked for Lux out of the Dodgers, and the Dodgers turned around and said, I don't think so. Goodbye. I don't see them giving maybe Waters and somebody else and probably two somebody else's. How about Kyle Wright and Drew Waters together? I think it's going to take Pache or Anderson. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Indians who asked for Joe Adele from the Angels. for They, they uh, did, for but they don't have so. anybody else. So, I mean, that, that's all they've got. Yeah, I, th- I still think maybe it may be right waters and a body because I, I think that neither one of those is the number one and they're going to feel like they're giving you a top of the rotation guy. And boy, I, I think that's a three player swap there. Uh, and Tukey. 
give, give yeah, well, two. Yeah, that's that's the other thing we keep forgetting about. Give, Tukey's not going to. I mean, I love Tukey. I do. I like that hook, but boy, I don't think he's going to be a brave. And I would, I would certainly put him in a package uh, for for Arenado for for or anybody <laughs> for anybody right now because I just first of all, I'm not so down on Brian's third base opportunity. I just think I don't think he's a positive player. From my, that's just my personal input. I don't have any real reason for that. It's just my my observation of him. Well, I can't see Castellanos at all um, when they'll sign him tomorrow morning. But I, I, just, <laughs> I just I just can't see that as a fit at all. I mean, maybe – and Camargo, we talked about the projections for, for, for next year and how Riley was so good. I'm looking at Camargo's projection at 0.7 war next year. And that's who I think Camargo is. I think he's the guy he was before he had that breakout year gap to gap kind of guy needs to have some high BABIP to get in business. I love him, but I just don't think he's that three war guy again. I don't think he'll get close to it. Riley, maybe if he does, maybe Riley breaks out in spring training and goes on as rookie of the year. Yay. But, uh, or he's not eligible, but uh, <laughs> has that kind of year. But boy, if you go into, go into the season, depending on that, on those two at third base, you're in trouble. I just think you're in deep trouble. We're no better off at third base that way than the Nationals are with, with Keyboom. That's terrible. Well, we right. do have four different guys that we've mentioned at various points here that need to break out a little bit with the bat. There's Enciarte, Camargo, Riley, and I'll throw in, well, Duvall for, for sure, and then, and maybe Dansby Swanson. If any two of those guys start hitting well, then I, I think the Braves will be all right, regardless of who they put in left field. I don't know. I don't think the lineup's deep enough. At best, Swanson's a 260 guy, doesn't home, doesn't 15 home runs, 17 home runs. The juice ball helped him a little bit last year, but that's probably who he is, 260 guy, 100 and maybe 110 uh, weighted runs created, something like that. I don't see the production on the left side of the diamond capable of supporting that on the right side. I don't know who's going to hit behind Freddie. I know he hits well without somebody, but he hits better with somebody behind him. And I just don't think Marcakis or Duval is that guy. No. And I, it's probably a topic for a different conversation, but since you mentioned it, Fred, there's no chance they move Acuna behind Freeman and shake up the top of the order, do, do they? No, I would, that wouldn't do it. I, if I was going to move him to be second spot, I'd put him, I'd put him, move him down and move Albies up because his home runs will be multiple run home runs and the solos, but they're not going to move him this year. Yeah, for for whatever reason, Acuna uh, seems to prefer the leadoff spot, and they're not going to make him unhappy. He's George Springer. Hey, there's another guy we can look for <laughs> if you want another trade trade option, given what's going on in Houston. He might not want to stick around there himself. Who knows? Yeah, that's going to be a very awkward arbitration hearing coming up pretty soon. They're going to give him anything he wants. <laughs> they, they need to, but apparently they already have. They're going to give him they can't afford not to. Well, uh, that's the weird part is that they just had another GM say no, and now they're going to have a new GM by that time to have to pick up the pieces and say yes. Well, the, the owner's going to do that. He he was in the in the media. He said on TV that he was going to personally be involved in that. Okay. And I forget exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure he filed at like 22 or 24, and they were at 17. It was a pretty wide gap, so that that will be interesting to see. Uh, but going back to the, the Donaldson conversation, or rather the lack of Donaldson conversation, I think what we all have pointed out here is that there are other ways to build a good lineup, even with 
out the Braves signing Donaldson, I still think there are options. I just think they're going to be a little bit more painful because like we're talking about, it's likely going to cost us uh, multiple prospects now and, and likely two separate trades uh, to try to fill the void in the lineup. And, and I think that's just the, the situation that we're in now. And, and again, that's why I was so surprised that they didn't get the Donaldson deal done is because now they're going to have to part with some of their prospects. And uh, it's going to it's gonna hurt a little bit. Haven't really gotten to the Astros discussion, but they're about to lose first and second round draft picks for the next two years. You know, the Braves have pretty much lost out on two international signing classes. And now if we have to start digging from our, our farm system to upgrade the, the major league team, you know, we're going to start seeing that effect down the road. So, uh, Alan, I guess I'll go back to you. What are kind of some of the lingering effects you see from the Braves not signing Donaldson? The thing that I keep coming back to in my thought is that they had a number in mind where they did not want to exceed. They didn't really want to go to a fourth year for the offer. And when they did kind of get forced to do so, they apparently dropped their dollar amount to to compensate and, and give them probably almost the same amount of money they would have given them for three years. It's also apparent that they did not want to go all out for him because they figured the third or fourth year is is going to be a huge risk. So given that, you, you're making a value judgment. You're saying that whatever I have to do instead is as good as what I'm offering Donaldson. So if they have to go to the trade market, if they have to go to uh, a free agent, Ozuna, Castellano, somebody else, well, there isn't anybody else at this point, uh, then they, they're willing to do that or, or have made the value judgment that they were willing to do it. I do think that given the date especially, we're going to see a fairly swift change here and the rest of the free agent market and trade market is going to start jumping into shape in a hurry. That That's basically it. it we've hit that balance point and tipping point and, or that line in the sand, whatever you want to term it as, and Anthopolis decided he wasn't going to go any further. Yeah, I just saw, I'm just seeing here that uh, we're starting to get the talking points that Camargo is going to be the third baseman to start the year, and Braves are going to pivot to a corner outfielder. Hey, gee whiz, a corner outfielder was always an option. These are from the beat writers. And that Camargo is probably the guy at third base. And if he fails, then Riley will hopefully have learned by the time Camargo falls in his face and will come up and solve things for us. That's what I'm seeing out of the beat writers now. I, I was kind of hoping to see if they were going to spit out a, a number, but they haven't got anything out there that shows any kind of specifics the Braves offer have not been revealed, blah, blah, blah. They're already talking, we're going to get a power bout. I didn't say it would be a third baseman. And that's the spin we're getting out of Atlanta right now. Yeah, and I see the numbers coming out uh, for the Josh Donaldson deal. Um, this is Bob Nightingale. Said the Twins will pay Donaldson $84 million over four years with a $16 million option in 2024 or an $8 million buyout. So like you know, we're saying, it's pretty much just deferred money with that buyout. A uh, little surprising, $84 million over four years. I don't have a quick math in front of me is what that calculates to. but It's $21 million per year. When you add in that buyout on the fifth year, it's effectively a $23 million per year deal to get to the $92 million guaranteed value. Yeah, um, and that's what it'll be because the eight million is guaranteed to him. They'll they'll the AAV will be twenty twenty three even if they don't pay him twenty three a year. Right, right. So that's interesting to see the Twins kind of do that deferred money type deal, like Alan was saying. You know, something we kind of hinted at that the Braves might do, but uh, apparently they weren't weren't willing to go that route. So 
Fred, I want to send it back to you because I know you've done a lot of research and you keep your eyes open on players out there that could become available. Who is somebody that maybe we haven't talked about under the radar that you think the Braves maybe could go after? Because we know Antopolis keeps things pretty close to the chest there, and and perhaps there's somebody out there that we're not even talking about that, that he could be targeting. I've looked around the league several times. If you're prepared to play Camargo at third base and hope he hits like it's 2018, then you can go for another position like a corner outfielder. Maybe you go to the Dodgers for Jock Peterson. Or maybe you call the Marlins and say, hey, let's talk about Brian Anderson. But really, when you look around at the teams that we call don't-haves right now, the people who are going to be selling – There's not really anybody out there we've talked about. I've seen people want Charlie Blackman. They haven't looked at his numbers away from Coors Field. He's below the Mendoza line. There's not even any saving him away from Coors Field. So you look at these players out there that teams don't have. The Giants have nobody. The Padres, they're not going to trade us anybody that we can use. You start looking around, and the ones that aren't being talked about are the ones that we have been talked about here, which is Seager and guys like that. Maybe you can get somebody from Toronto. Maybe you could pick up Teoscar Hernandez, who is a, a big power back corner outfielder guy. But again, he's a lottery ticket, rookieish guy, young, young player in the major leagues. A lot of power, but again, a lottery ticket. And I don't think that's what they need at this point. For as far as mature veteran players out there, there just aren't a lot for sale unless Houston decides to move somebody, sign Springer and give him the money that he wants out there. There was talk last year that willing to move Correa because they don't think they're going to sign him. So there's there are those kind of things. But I don't think anything comes out of Houston until they get a manager and a general manager on board. And this we've got 30 days till pitcher and catcher's report, and this has to be done before then because it is just baseball. But people forget that group dynamics work in baseball, too. You can't just throw a half a dozen people in, into a lineup and expect them to click. So we want, need to get them there. They need to have a full spring training together and work it out. So I, I just hope that Alex is on the phone now with Seattle to bring Seeger in and Marte in or Mancini and, and Seeger or some combination of like that. We need to add six wins to the lineup, and I don't know that we're going to do that with one player. And so, Alan, I'll go back to you and kind of give your final thoughts on on the whole thing, the signing, and, and where the Braves go from here. Well, I'm I'm with Fred. I'm sort of waiting on the other shoe to fall now because I'm pretty sure that the wheels are now in motion. And I think that the Braves still want to hold on to their prospects. I think they're still willing to spend some money. So I would not be surprised if Castellanos isn't the guy. But at the same time, there are a whole bunch of other options. Mancini, Marte, Hanniger, Seeger, Peterson. Bryant and Arenado be the long shots, but that's a pretty good list for this time of the year, and that's that's really kind of surprising. But here's one more random thought: Hunter Dozier, hmm. not that yeah. good, a, not that good a defender. No, they I, they're moving him to the outfield. They uh, they brought Are in they? they brought in I forget who they signed. I I could look. He played a lot of left field last year, and when I was looking at uh, looking at the numbers out there. I was reading a lot of the Royal stuff, and they've apparently decided he's an outfielder. Let's see if I can figure out who they signed. Yeah, da, 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 da. can't right off the top of my head figure out who they signed. Uh, it was Michael Franco. They're going to actually move Dozier to, to right field is the plan right now, apparently. But Dozier, hmm, <laughs> 70 OPS, 26 homers. Yeah, he's he's a big bat. He's also a big strikeout, but he uh, but he and he's a pretty good outfielder. 
25%. Uh, that's actually not terrible. No, no. Uh, but that's, I mean, that is a lot of whiffs. Uh, that's you know, better than Riley did last year. I, I, I think Riley's got a better, better chance of coming good than Camargo. Uh, because Riley, he just can't hit a breaking pitch. The problem I see is if he turns into Jeff Francoeur, boy, it's going to be awful. And yeah. and that's what that's sort of why I'd rather trade him now, trade him a year early, <laughs> than than have him turn into Jeff Frank Kirk and never hit anything with a with a wrinkle in it, and we end up trading him for a, a comp pick in 2023 or something. That's I, a fair point. Yeah, I, I just he scares me to death like that. Uh, he looks so when he swings and misses. He just I just saw Francoeur every time he swung and missed last year, and uh, and I love Jeff. I did. I love Jeff as a brave. I like him as an announcer and a guy, but <clears throat> never could hit anything with a wrinkle in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I think he's got. I think he's got the biggest upside if they can fix that. Yeah, I mean, as much as it hurts, we didn't sign Donaldson. I think things are about to get even more interesting here for the Braves because we all know they're going to have to do something before opening day. I mean, we can't go into the season without at least somebody to hit behind Freddie in the, in the lineup. So we know a move's coming. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to come from, but I would be 100% shocked if Anthopolis doesn't get a big bat before opening day. And it would be highly disappointing if that doesn't happen. So I think it's going to be a very interesting rest of, of January for the Braves. We're going to hear a lot of uh, rumors and talk and speculation about where the Braves could be going. You know, obviously we've exhausted our, our thoughts and given plenty of options for where they, they could go, where we'd like to see them go. So we'll just have to sit back and, and watch now and see what the Braves do. Like we talked about, I think they've been hesitant to give up prospects. So I'd be surprised if they really, you know, move a lot of, of prospects this offseason. But that's what it's going to take now in order to improve this ball club. And you can't just sit back with the young core that we have and not do anything. Something's going to have to get done here. So... Uh, we'll see what, what Anthopolis has up, up his sleeve. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for uh, joining the show and, and listening, and I uh, appreciate you coming back, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. This 2020 edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast is a production of Tomahawk Take and Fan Sided LLC. Opinions expressed on the show today are strictly those of the participants. All rights are reserved. Music used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 and features selections by Kevin McLeod entitled Open Those Bright Eyes, Pilot Error, and Break Time. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. May all your contracts have player options and opt-outs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>